0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity.
1: Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, Founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country. With a pedal to the metal. With this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host. The author of the critically acclaimed book excellence killed the church, how mediocrity is destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who is the Sparrow? Who is the Sparrow? Jack Sparrow, Jane Sparrow, I understand there's some movie with Jack Sparrow is in the movie and some famous guy is the movie guy, he's the big actor and my son tells me there's a boat involved. Well, this isn't that. We're not looking for him. We're looking for the sparrow. Luke twelve seven. By the way, uh, thank you for your prayers for my friend Robert. Uh, he came through surgery real well, he had cancer surgery, and came through real well. He's in the healing phase, and tomorrow's kind of a big day. Uh, he gets some apparatus removed that he really wants removed, and, and I can understand that. So we're praying for him. Let's continue praying for him. Our buddy, Jerry, for traveling, he's down at this big uh, golf tournament he started many years ago. He's the director emeritus. It's the world's largest professional amateur golf tournament, the world's largest, and he started it, and it's this huge, huge thing. So he's he's participating in that. So uh, pray for Eric and Chris. Chris, uh, my buddy Chris Kahalen you all met him. His report is no cancer. Woo-hoo! Amen. So we're excited. We're really excited about that. So we continue to pray that uh, God will sustain him. <clears throat> so who is the sparrow? Luke twelve seven. Luke twelve seven. Uh, I'm gonna read it in two different versions, uh because I think it's worth hearing two different ways. This is the English Standard Version. Luke twelve seven. Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered? Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows now here's the complete jewish bible same verse 127 why every hair on your head has been counted don't be afraid you're worth more than many sparrows his eyes on the sparrow but who is the sparrow and my question to you i guess maybe a few questions is are you in a very very tough period in your life in a very tough tough place tough time Do you have the toughest decisions of your lifetime to make? By the way, congratulations to Craig and his wife uh, on 15-year anniversary. It's one of our listeners that's in chat. We're really excited for him, 15-year anniversary. So congratulations to he and his wife. Do you have the toughest decisions of your life to make? Are some of the toughest decisions you've ever had to make, are they going on right now in your life? Do you feel a rush to decide on major decisions, major life changes, major stuff? You just feel rushed. You feel like, i got to make the decision now. I can't wait. The decision has got to be made now. It's got to be fixed now. It's got to be resolved now. And that pressure is just crushing you. You know what? Maybe it's the, the challenges of the geopolitical climate right now. I've had listeners drop off. They just can't. And attenders. They drop off because they said, you know what, I, I can't take it. I know it's important, but I can't handle it anymore. Push the eject button. I have to I just I have to step away from the political upset and the disappointment. So maybe the political challenges, the geopolitical climate, they're weighing very heavy on your soul. So I don't know if you'll notice this, but there are seven points to today's sermon. Last week, there were seven points for that sermon. The week before that, there were seven points. Do you get that I'm doing some things with sevens? Showing love sevens, hence the theme of sevens. By the way, tell your friends, if you're on a personal computer and you're listening, tell your friends, come on in, come on in. Welcome back from Israel. we got all of our people back from Israel now, so we're glad to have you. You just come on in. No, 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 come on in. It's fine. You won't hurt anything. Uh so we want everybody to share. We want everybody to, to share this message. So if you're on a personal computer, share. If it wouldn't mess you up, you listen on a phone. Uh, send the link. Um, go to theninjapastor.com. Go to the blog, Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor blog. Go there, and we will. Uh, there'll be links there. You can link them in. Also, you can listen commercial free afterwards. It's commercial free no charge no cost or obligation to you but there is a donate page in case you want to support what we do so anyway let's do this again why even the hairs of your head are all numbered fear not you are of more value than many sparrows was well, high is on the sparrow one of my favorite songs growing up those of you who maybe grew up catholic you might you probably didn't hear this song uh, and those of you who maybe you just uh, this is like a country a little bit of a country him, I guess it is. Um, this is just one of my favorites. It just really is one of my favorites. I, I was raised in the country and, and hearing old, old faithful folks sing it, it really makes a difference. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled His tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and my fears. Path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when no hope, when hope within me, dies. I draw closer to him. From care, he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. The careful attention of the Lord to the most minute of details is aptly expressed when we remember seven things that Heavenly Father does. I I don't want you to go too fast past that song. I'm going to give you a reminder of it here in a little bit, that great old hymn. I remember being in in, uh, Y Mills, Maryland, after my great Aunt Mary's, uh, you know, uh, well, there's so many came before her that that went on to their home and glory, went to their reward, they call it. And we would have things called wakes. I don't know, we didn't call them that, but that's what people call them nowadays. And we just called it a funeral, and we would go, and somebody would sit down to the piano, because there was always the piano around, and they'd start singing old hymns after we ate some of the best food you ever had. And I remember one time, my, I don't know, she's my great, great, or great, great Aunt Mary, and uh, my great, great Aunt Louise, Aunt Louise was blind, one of the greatest writers I've ever read. She's written many, many books, many, many books of poetry short stories, beautiful, amazing, but she was blind. You know, and Aunt Louise and Aunt Mary would get up there, and they would kind of dance around a little bit, depending on the songs, but boy, when it came to turn your eyes upon Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus. And the sparrow, boy, everything got quiet in the place. Everything stopped. There was always a bunch of laughter, but boy, once those hymns started, there was some reverence that came over the place. What I think is cool is is what I figured out is, as I got a little bit older and a little bit wiser, only a tiny bit wiser, Mr. Stabley, only a tiny bit, um, as I got just enough wiser, I realized why it suddenly became reverent. Because moments before these folks were laughing and singing and dancing and you know just cutting up and enjoying one another, and you might say, well, that seems disrespectful. You just buried somebody. No, that's the answer. We just buried somebody that's in heaven. They they've gone to their reward. They no longer worry. They don't have a fear. They don't have a sorrow. They don't have to worry. Just like the sparrow didn't have to worry. And boy, when we got to those songs. Those great old people of faith, my mom's kinfolk and my kinfolk, as I am so blessed, they went to church and they worshiped. In the words of those songs, they testified and said, I know my time is close and I know who takes care of me, who provides my food. Seven things Heavenly Father does. This will be a short one, folks. Don't freak out when I finish way earlier. I know. You're looking at me going, I'll bet on that. Yeah. Our radio audience is probably thinking, "Uh uh-huh. Sure, we've heard this before. Seven things the Heavenly Father does. He names his sheep. Boy, isn't that something. He names his sheep. You know, a great shepherd knows the sheep, each one. I've known lots of farmers, and my daughter is uh, is uh, in vet school, and, you know, she has always loved animals. And the first thing she ever did if she saw a stray is what? Anybody in the back know? Name them. She wants to name them. Oh, no, she'll take them in the car, and she will take them home. But by the time they get there, they will have a name. Because you know what it's harder to do when you have something that's named? It's harder to reject it. It's harder to forget it. Heavenly Father names his sheep. He named his sheep. John 10 3, this is ESB. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name. Man, isn't that something? Heavenly Father calls us by name. You know, the sheep respond to the shepherd. Because they know his voice. Do we respond to Heavenly Father because we know his? How often have we heard it? How often have we listened for Heavenly Father's voice? The folks that are back from Israel and welcome back. We're glad you're back, and and uh, we were regaled by Wes's. Uh, we're we're sorry that you were so tired. You needed your rest. We understand, but Wes Wes gave us a, a rundown on it, and maybe you and and uh, Jerry would like to tell us a little bit once we're finished about your trip, and we really enjoyed that last week. But you know, there are a lot of shepherds in Israel. A lot of shepherds in Israel. Why do these sheep follow the shepherd? Because of his voice. They hear his voice. But they also name the sheep. And you say, well, that seems so childish, like little kid finding a stray. No, they name the sheep so that we can begin a relationship Nobody you've ever loved, do you ever call? Hey, you. Um, um, Yeah, 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 yeah. You. No, you know their name and you call their name. You say their name frequently. You call out to them. That's what Heavenly Father does. That's why He's named you. That's why He named me. Because He cares about us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to lead us out of bondage. Many times that bondage is self-imposed. isn't it? What's the next thing he does? He numbers our hairs. Now, that job is much easier for him with me right now. But the fact of the matter is, he numbers our hairs. He thinks so much of us. He cares so much of us. He numbers the hairs on our head. Matthew 10, 30, again in the ESV, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Listen, you know, you take an inventory, uh, it's getting ready to be archery season. Uh, and by archery season, I mean deer season using archery. And so I said, what I need to do is I need to go and I need to inventory my archery stuff, mostly because I like looking at it. Let's be honest, it's fun. But you have to know if you have the tools. You have to know if you have everything there that you're supposed to have. And so you go through and you look at everything. You pay close attention. Is everything in working order? I don't want anything to fail at just the wrong time. But boy, the Heavenly Father, what did he do? He he looked at us, and the things of such importance to us don't even seem important. We say, well, what are you going to do next? Number the grains of sand in Saudi Arabia and all the deserts of the world? Yes, he already has. There's not a grain of sand that's there without his knowledge. There's not a hair on your head without his knowledge. Why? Because he cares. You think, a lot of times we think, you know, I'll tell you right now I'm guilty. We think a lot of times, you know, I'm not going to pray about that. Because that's stupid. That's not something God wants to hear about. Some silly thing. Now, some people use, use the guise of prayer as an excuse to not handle their business, right? Sometimes we have decisions to make. God's given us all the tools. We can't, we can't hit the eject button on every decision of life. God's empowered us. We have to make decisions based on our wisdom. But also the biggest thing that he gives us to base our decisions. Don't miss this. He gives us faith. We we have the opportunity to have heroic faith, Hebrews 11 and 12 faith, or we have the opportunity to have weak, hesitant faith. The weak, hesitant faith is built just like lifting, you know, building muscles. Lifting, 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 and then resting in Him. You see, this is how it works. He cares enough about us, about the silly, seemingly pedantic things, that He numbered the hairs on our head we're to have the number that we have no more no less how about number three he counts our steps Job 31 I love this passage does he not see my ways and number all my steps you say what in the world I'm going to tell you that Heavenly Father cares where we go what we do what we think about what we worry over But in the process of going, numbering our steps, you see, that's a journey. Numbering our steps is a journey. Journeys are important. Where do I go and do I take the Father with me? Some folks out in Radio Land, uh, by the way, I want to thank the German fellow who listened last week, sent me the nicest note, brought me to tears. Just when I think I'm wasting everybody's time, boy, this fellow wrote me the nicest, nicest letter. Lifted, lifted me, and uh, just the perfect time. My goodness, it was wonderful, and I thank, I thank him for that. I don't see him in chat, but I do thank him for it. You see, he counts our steps, because every journey matters, no matter where we go. Every journey matters. Every step you take toward greater faith matters. Every step you take toward that cliff that God says, no, my child, no, my daughter, no, my son, go. There. Every step matters. Every step matters. People think it doesn't matter, but I'll tell you what. If you're walking, have you ever done this? It's dark. Now I can't do this anymore because of my brain injury, I fall over. But if it's dark and you're going up steps, have you ever you've been up the steps in your house maybe a hundred thousand times, you're going up the steps and you know what it's dark and you think there's another step, but there's not another step, guess what happens? <clears throat> Sometimes you fall. Sometimes it hurts kind of, you know, you You think you got another step. Sometimes you think there is no other step and there's one more. The number of steps matters. You're walking towards the worst. Your journey is a self-imposed journey. You're going towards the worst decision you could ever make in your life. And you're at the edge of a high cliff. And craggy, jagged rocks await you below. Don't tell me the number of your steps. In your journey don't matter because you see in that last step right before you take that last step you have opportunity you have opportunity i can turn this thing around you could stop walking forward stand still know that he is god and turn around and go a different path you say but i don't know which way the other path is you don't have to he does you don't have to. He does. He's numbered the hairs on your head. He, he has named you. He has numbered the hairs on your head. He has counted your steps. Then, then number four, he books our thoughts. Now, when I read this the first time, I thought of my friend, by the way. Yesterday was her birthday. Uh, Christine, uh, this is one of her favorite verses. Um, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. You know if something was important, you know what folks used to do? They used to write it down. They used to write it down. If you had a tough decision, you know what you used to do? You used to write it down. Now what do we do now? I'm a technology guy a little bit, so I'll type it out. But nothing beats paper and pen. You got a tough decision to make. World is weighing on your shoulders, your head, your neck, your back, and you just don't know, you just don't know what you're going to do next, and you get out a piece of paper, and you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to write some stuff down, I'm going to write my thoughts down, I'm going to write my prayers down, I know somebody that writes his prayers, he writes his prayers, and then every month he goes back. And he reads over his prayers the previous month, and he highlights them, and he writes a little addendum. I said, man, you need to put that on paper. He said, I already did. I said, you need to put that on some sort of computer and send it out for the world to see. Man, that's important stuff. What you write is important. He said, these are my prayers, me and God. And I write a book of remembrance. Not so the rest of the world can remember, but so I can remember. I remember that he numbered the hairs on my head. I remember that he named me. I remembered, I remembered that he counted my steps of this month. I remembered that he did this for me. He cared. He stayed in contact. He stayed in contact because I stayed in contact. I didn't break communication with him. He didn't break communication with me. No matter how tough things get, he never breaks communication with us. Sometimes we go silent, and sometimes we have to do like in Malachi 316 we have to go back and we look we have to look at our book of remembrance, but you know what you can't read a book of remembrance if you don't write a book of remembrance. can't read what you don't write you never you'll never read a book, you'll never finish a book you don't start. sometimes we're destined somebody said, boy, it's one of the hardest things ever to write a book. No, the hardest thing is not to write a book. It's to make money off writing the book. (laughs) I've learned that the hard way. A book of remembrance. Man. What would your book look like? Today, if you had every month, like my friend, my great wise friend, if today you said, I'm going to sit down with my book of remembrance of my life, of what God has done for me, how he's been there beside me, How I thought I was alone, then I looked down, and there were the steps, just like in that great old poem. How big would your book be? How many pages would be tear-stained? Then I look at the great book of remembrance that God gave us, Scripture. He gave us that great book of remembrance. How oily are the pages of... How tear-stained are your pages, your book of remembrance? Have you invested in your book of remembrance? How much time have you spent in it? How much writing have you done when you read and you pray and you say, Father, here's my prayer? Somebody said to me one time, why in the world would you write down a prayer? You're saying it. He doesn't need it. No, he doesn't. But you do. Sometimes we forget what we pray. Now, I have a brain injury, so sometimes I forget everything. Sometimes I forget all kinds of stuff. But I tell you what, God has blessed me. I don't forget what I've prayed. I don't know why. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes we get in the thick of things, and we forget what we prayed. We forget what we asked Heavenly Father for. We forget forget that condition that we went to Him in. We said, Father, I need help now. And we tell them exactly this. We say, this is exactly how I want you to help me. This is exactly what I want you to do for me. This is exactly how I want it to look. This is exactly how I want it to smell. This is exactly how I want it to feel. Oh, how many of you? How many of you have prayed a prayer? I'm going to raise my hand. You've prayed a prayer. You've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed. And that, after that season passed, you said, whew, let me just take my hand down. Thank you, Father, for not answering that prayer. And then sometimes we pray, and we just don't. We don't pray with earnest. We we don't. We pray as though we we pray as though God is just. He's on this Ferris wheel ride, and and he might catch us as he comes down around, and we're standing there on the ground as the wheel comes down, and we say, "Well, I did it." And then after about the third or fourth time, we say, "Well, he's not listening anyway." We pray like that. I've prayed like that, I'm gonna to admit to you, sometimes I do. I pray, I pray in a rush, and I pray almost like a pacifist. We're to go after, we're to go after our communication with God with great vigor. We're to hunger and thirst after Christ. We're to hunger and thirst after righteousness. But look, this book, this book of remembrance is so important. You say, man, I'm not a writer. Type it out all kinds of computer programs, journals. I never was for journals. I'm going to be honest with you. I never was for journals. And then I had a friend of mine, you know, you should keep a journal. You think kind of interesting things, you should keep a journal. Then I had a professor. How many of you heard Dr. Dennis Fry on the radio show? President of Masters. Guess what? I have some great news. He is going to be on on a regular basis. I am so excited. You know he doesn't do that. I'm his favorite student. Let's just say it now. You know it's true. No, I love I love that man. I love all my professors. All of them. A book of remembrance. My goodness, a book of remembrance. Why in the world? Why in the world do you think scripture has survived so many attacks and assails after thousands of years? Why do you think scripture has survived? It is a book of remembrance. And the people of Israel saw fit. That we would have what we have today oh if they could see us today how we disregard the book of remembrance how tragic is that they probably shed some tears and you know what many of us shed some tears many of us are in the hardest time of our life sometimes you get told news and you just you just have to sit down you ever get that news many of you in here have had cancer You reflect back on that time where you were told you have cancer. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear it. My friend Robert's a very strong man. He's an awesome, awesome dude. Some of you have actually met Robert. Great guy. He's a strong guy. Loves his family. Loves everybody, really. And everybody loves him. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Robert. And when he got the word that he had cancer, I can't imagine. Nobody wants to hear it. But I bet on the outside for his dear sweet Annie, I bet he was strong. And said, well, what are we going to do now? Let's see. What's our plan? Let's have a plan. Let's make a plan. Before we leave out of here today, let's have a plan. But there's some folks that get news that set them back. I've gotten news before that I just had to sit down. I had to sit down. I It, was, it hit me so hard, this terrible, terrible news. And then come the tears. The tears flow out. Some some hurts, you just got to cry. Don't let anybody tell you that there's something wrong with crying. Now, listen, if you're a sissy boy and you run around and cry every five minutes over every daggone thing, my goodness, get over it. We need men in this world. We do. We need men. The reason why women had to do what they had to do is because men abdicated their job. They said, nope, nope, nope. afraid to everything. But here's the thing. Sometimes, no matter how strong you are, you get news that rocks you to your core. And you have to sit down, and sometimes when you get that terrible news, you bury your face in your hands, and you cry. And you think that doesn't matter. But the fifth thing Heavenly Father does is He bottles our tears. He keeps our tears in a bottle. Psalm 56.8 in the ESV says this, You have kept count of my tossings. Other translations Related as sorrows. You have kept an account of my sorrows. You've put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? You see, he keeps a book of remembrance too on each and every one of us. But he has a bottle, and every tear that ever falls down our cheek, he catches and he remembers. Do you understand what that means is that what that means for you and what that means for people listening all around the world right now is this. There's not a sorrow you've ever had. There's not a fear you've ever faced. There's not a trial you've ever started to crumble under. That Heavenly Father doesn't care. Not a single one. And then when those tears fall, he's right there to catch your tears. Every one matters to the Father. Every single one, every single tear matters to the Heavenly Father. Did you know that? Your sorrows matter to Him? Did you know that every time you shed a tear, He feels it? But He doesn't feel the defeat. Did you know that? He doesn't feel the defeat. He feels for you and your sorrow and in your unbelief, but he doesn't feel defeat. You know why? Because Heavenly Father knows, you're on my team, you're going to win. Because I'm going to win. I win every time. The Father wins every single time. And if you're with the Father, no matter how it looks in the natural, you are going to win. You say sometimes, it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes, I feel like my tears just make mud on the, on the dirt beneath me. Go to your book of remembrance and remember how many times the Father was there catching your tears and saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay. You're not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on you. You're not going to give up on me. You might give up a little bit on me, but I'm going to be there. And I'm going to remind you, don't you know, I have the number in my right in my head. I don't even have to think about it. The number of hairs on your head. I know the number of steps you take. I know the day when you close your eyes upon this soiled earth. And I know when you open them, you'll see me. And, oh, all the worries will be gone. Why? Because at that moment, at that moment, he takes our hand. If we know the Father, he takes our hand. He takes our hand. He reaches out to us, and he takes our hand. You see, he doesn't hold it out there. And we put our hand in his hand, and he decides, well, maybe I'll grab on, maybe I won't. No, he takes our hand. We present our hand to him. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Right now, you're the only thing that will help me. For I, the Lord your God, Isaiah 41, 13. Don't tell me the Old Testament doesn't mean something. It means everything. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Listen, you can look into the world. You can look at money. You can say to yourself right now, Listen, I don't have enough money in my bank account. And I would say to you, you probably have more money in your bank account than the people on the left and the right of you. You say, Well, I don't have enough security. I will tell you this there's no greater security than knowing the Father has counted our steps, has numbered the hairs on our head, that He's taken our hand, that He's put us in the book of remembrance, that He's caught all of our tears. There's no there's no greater than that. There's no greater than that. You say, Well, I can't see it right now. I can't see it right now. I'm in the storm. I can't see the it's the visibility is so low. You know what, some folks, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this. Some folks, you stir up your own storm. Start trusting Christ in every step, every step. Stop doubting him. It's always stormy when we doubt the Father. It's always stormy when we chart our own course. And we doubt the Father. It's always stormy. We have to remember. We have to remember this very, very clearly. We have to. We have to remember this beyond the natural and into the supernatural. We have to remember that all of us have been in places, whether we know to acknowledge them or not, where everything was falling apart, and then He reached out, took our hand. And everything was okay. Number seven. This is seven things, so you know we're getting close to the end. Or maybe we're at the end. Supplies our need. Heavenly Father supplies our need. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, my lands. You say, I don't have enough. No, that's impossible. He supplies every need. My God will supply every need. What does it say? And my God will supply every need. My God. Who's God? Your God. Do you, do you take ownership of your relationship with God? Do you take ownership of your relationship with God? Do you say, that is not a God, that is not some God, that is my God. And my God will supply every need Of mine according to not what I see in the natural, not what I fear, not the fear that I live in, not the sorrow and the doubt and all that stuff. No, he doesn't supply those needs based on that. He supplies them according to his riches in Christ Jesus, no greater than that. No greater than that. Look, you can say, look, I need 50 cents to buy a soda. Of course, nowadays it's two or three dollars, I guess. You say, I need This or that. You need this small thing. I need this. That's small potatoes to God. That is small potatoes. That's the easiest thing he's ever done. He didn't even have to think about that. That's no struggle for him to supply your needs. But I'm going to tell you something. Our needs as human beings wandering through this desert are petulant many times. He says, look at what I did for you. Do you remember? Why do you worry? Why do you force in the natural what's, what I have not ordained to be? I've supplied every need you have before you ever knew you had it. You say, but things are tough. You're not hungry. You're not homeless. You're, you're toasty when it's cold. You're nice and cool when it's hot outside. When you're thirsty, you go to the tap and you lift that little handle and you have you a drink. You get a little bit bored, you flip on the television or the radio and you listen to great music. Or maybe you flip on the computer and you pull up music, worship music, and you say, "Man, I'm going to a, I'm going to the prayer closet right now." And you're not saying when you go to the prayer closet, "Father, you're going to fix this by the time I get out of here because my knees will get sore." And by the time my knees get sore and I get up, you better have it fixed." Doesn't work that way. He says, He has promised, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He didn't say some. He didn't say the things that you think are important. He said, every need yours. But you know what? In order for him to do that, I'm just going to tell you this. In order for him to do that, he has to be your God. You have to claim him. You have to place your faith in him. You, listen, and many of, many of the people all around the world and, and the people here, you say, Dr. Sean, I, I have placed my faith in him. I have done that. I will submit to you that all of us in the darkest times of our lives have to remind ourselves these seven things. These seven things. Listen, i got to think about seven this past several weeks. What are the seven things? The careful attention. Of Heavenly Father, to the my, the most minute of the de- we couldn't keep up with all this stuff, the most minute of details. He 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 says, hey, I'm going to do this for you. He names us. He names his sheep. We're a sheep. We follow. If you're not following God, if you're not following God and believing, in God's promises and living based on His promise, then maybe you're not a sheep. After all, He's numbered the hairs on our head. He cares enough, even for that. He's counted our steps in every journey, the struggles that we've had. He's counted them. He sees your ways and he numbers all of your steps. He's booked your thoughts. He's made a book of remembrance. He said, hey, every little thing matters to me about you. But does every little thing about him matter to us? Write yourself a book of remembrance. Bottling our tears. Sometimes we have to just let go. Sometimes let go. Just let go and cry and say, you know what, Father? I don't have this. This is you 100%. I don't have it. You better get a bigger bottle, Father, because I'm about to let loose with a gusher. He takes our hands. You'll never reach out to the Father. You will never reach out to the Father in earnest where he will not take your hand. Never one time will you reach for the Father's hands. He will not reject you. And you know what he supplies? Every single need we have. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, when Yeshua is my portion, my constant friend is he. He's not fair weather, and then how he feels about you—how he feels about you doesn't change. Thank God, he isn't like we. My constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I am free. There's some folks listening now. You need to be set. Free from the bondage that has... And I'm going to tell you something. The devil is a liar. He will lie to you in the darkness of night. He will, he will invade your soul with loneliness. He will invade your mind with fear. Tell him to shut up and go away. You have no power here. I am the father's and he is mine. Let not your heart be troubled. Tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears, though the path, by the path he leadeth. But one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Here's an eternal life hint, my friend, my dear, dear friends listening here and all around the world. You are the sparrow, and sparrows can fly when you permit God to be the wind beneath your wing.